What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us as we dive into another spooky movie. This week's episode is coming at you guys after Roshane and I just recently got to hang out in person again. Yes. So much fun. Woo! Such a blast. So much fun. We went to Universal, mm -hmm. which was very fun, very warm. Yes, very, very sweaty, warm. Sweaty, sweaty hot, um, which Universal has decided to compensate for by adding water elements to every single ride. <laughs> um, you know, that's that might hit that might hit in the way in the right way for some people. For me, it was a miss. <laughs> it was a miss for me. For Erica, true dismay. For me, absolute joy watching you duck and dive. All these water effects. I mean, it was that. And then they had mist, like, <laughs> being spewed out everywhere at random spots. And for anybody... For any other black girls like myself, you know how it is when you just got your hair done. <laughs> the mist is not welcome here. It was not my friend. And I was a little bit upset. I said, can I get a refund? And they said, ma'am, <laughs> you need to calm down. It was still a good time, though. Like, you still oh, managed yeah, to have fun. Uh, if you're in the area and you want to go to Universal during the week, during, especially during horror nights is the jam yes. we got on everything in minutes we not were hours minutes through. <laughs> breezing through these lines so much so that i was almost sad because we were missing all the fun line details that they throw in there for when you have to wait true not that sad don't worry i was <laughs> it was a fleeting thought in my brain that said wow look at all the work as i ran <laughs> as i sprinted through the line to hurry up and get on the ride um but yeah horror nights is happening right now for anybody who either just lives near a universal or for anyone who is maybe going to visit or has been to horror nights i would love to hear your guys's experience we like we said we didn't we went during the day mm -hmm. just did the regular universal experience and then did, and then left before horror nights began so as a result the park was pretty empty for us but it was also really cool because they had all of their horror merch out to buy that was just in the stores at all times so we were able to go in and like see all of the different things that they had for horror nights right. i did buy a cup a spooky cup very nice very nice yes it is a quite a nice cup thank you thank you yeah i refused to leave with nothing <laughs> and yeah it was cool to just walk around and see all the stuff they had and some of the characters were out too saw dracula mm -hmm. um got to see beetlejuice true true you know. It was a good time all around. And it was a pleasure to get to hang out with you as well. Uh, it's far and in between, and it feels so, so long every time. But yes. uh, when we finally do get together, it's it's, it's always great. fun. And 
it was Roshane's birthday as well. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Got to be there to celebrate that with him in person. It was this mm-hmm. past Wednesday. Um, so happy belated happy birthday to the, <laughs> to the homie Roshane. Thank you. Thank you. We're officially ancient and we feel great. We feel we're thriving. What are you talking about? <laughs> we're thriving. It's the best. It's the it's a good this is great. We've been waiting for this. And honestly, these few ages that we've been all mm-hmm. feel the same. True. All feel the same. I'm just counting down the days until I'm officially creep uh creep. Until I'm officially crypt keeper age and then I will fully have hit my life goal. Yeah. I mean, well, what is the crypt keeper? Isn't he like 8,000 years old? We're working on it. <laughs> is that really what you want? For yourself? <laughs> At that point, I'd be like, guys, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't do this. But all of this is to say, I do have a quick little story that kind of ties into post vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ties into our last episode, which was the paranormal activity episode. If you haven't listened to that, we covered it last Monday. Go ahead. Click on it. After you listen to this episode, of course. Of course. But, of course. So I got back from vacation. For anyone who doesn't know, I went for my bachelorette trip. That's why I was in California. Um, and at the same time that I was gone, um, my fiance was on his bachelor trip. So I didn't want to stay in the house by myself. So I was like, I'm going to stay with my dad. Mm-hmm. And so he still lives in the house that I grew up in. As I've gotten older, the basement, the guest bedroom in the basement specifically, gives me the heebie-jeebie. Like it, it just always has given me the creeps. I don't mm-hmm. feel like that happened to me when I was younger. But as I've gotten older, something about the the aura, the vibes immediately off like i just Mm -hmm. don't love to be in the guest bedroom but obviously i am a guest so that is where (laughs) i was going to be staying and honestly i was kind of fine with that i was like yeah i'll sleep in the guest bedroom part partially because my dad's dog tucker i was like i'll have tucker come down there and sleep in the basement with me like it'll be fine whatever i'll throw the tv on to have a little bit of light maybe i'll have the lamp on and it'll be cute whatever so everybody goes off to sleep i go downstairs i get tucker to come with me first of all i get in the room try and turn the lamp on flickers out right away just just the bulb goes and then like (laughs) flickers out the light goes off I keep trying it and it keeps coming on for just a second and then flickering off. So I said, all right, lamps and no go. I'm going to turn <laughs> the TV on. I don't know what is wrong with the TV down there, but it's all static. So there was a picture. Uh-huh. The volume was like static. There Eesh. was no words coming out. It was just static. And then like the Disney Channel show that was playing <laughs> in the <laughs> background. But I said, okay, whatever. I'll just turn it down as low as it can go. I, I can barely hear the static when I'm when I'm like on the other side of the room. So then I lay down. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling cute. I'm feeling tired. And then Tucker has the audacity to start growling at the painting that is no. hanging above my bed, just growling, staring at it. And I go, Tucker, 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 get it together. <laughs> like he would not stop. So finally I like picked him up and turned him around the other way. 
mm-hmm. and he laid down and then he would pop his head up and he would just like look like his head would dart all around the room and then he would growl mm-hmm. and it was like he was follow like his eyes looked like he was following something now granted tucker is a very like He's always ready to scrap. That's the kind of dog. He's a little dog, so he's always ready. And so okay. any noise that he hears, like if there's a squirrel pouncing around outside, he's immediately trying to fight. Mm-hmm. But not, but at midnight, dog? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It gave me, it gave me, like, I was like, I can't do this. So I said, Tucker, come on. And we went upstairs <laughs> and I slept on the couch because. Damn, it was that bad? I just couldn't deal with the way that he was like fixating on spots and growling Uh and he would not relax that's the thing because once we went upstairs and slept on the couch like he would still do that every once in a while but it was very obvious that he was hearing a noise outside and then Mm -hmm. i'd be like hey tucker chill and then he was fine but he would not relax when we were in the basement I mean, good on you to have the survival instincts, though, because like you got to trust the pets. The pets know. Pets always know. I have to. That's why I brought him there to be my alert (laughs) if if some funny business is going on. Now, the thing about it is like. Even if Tucker hadn't have been there, even though that I was like creeped out, I probably actually would have slept fine. Like if Tucker wasn't there, it was him who was freaking me out because I mean, I've slept in that room before been totally fine guests stay in that room all the time been totally fine i think it's fine Mm -hmm. i just thought tucker was doing he was doing a little bit too much he was he was you know he was hyping up bucking up a little bit too much for my liking (laughs) and i was like you know what message received let's go upstairs (laughs) yeah you gotta you gotta trust the pup especially after just doing a paranormal activity episode you don't know what things we carried over from that recording bro and i will be damned if you catch me slipping like mika i will be (laughs) damned because i talked so much shit about this man in the last episode who am i to sit there and go to sleep like something weird didn't just happen (laughs) wow spooky but glad you're okay of course so much yeah we got spooky stuff but that's what the podcast is all about if nothing else i said i'm gonna talk about this tomorrow um but (laughs) That leads us into our movie today, which is not paranormal activity related at all. In fact, is not has no paranormal elements to it, but still scary in its own right. However, I would like to know how scary you thought this movie was in general. So, Roshane, on a scare scale from one to five, how scary is Orphan? first kill you know i'm gonna say like a two and a half because like the movie it's got some blood it's got some jump mm-hmm. scares it's got some gore but it's not too scary like it is it's not that bad and if you're a seasoned horror watcher i think you'll see a lot of the jump scares and like the scary moments coming mm-hmm. so you'll be all right so i'm gonna say a two and a half okay no yeah i i, I give it a two I think for what the orphan movies have in common is they're not too wild or too jump scare focused. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's definitely more focused on like the psychological aspect of the movies and maybe how that could be scary. But yeah, it's, it's they're gory in a sense. But I definitely think that especially in this movie, they're 
are some maybe like surprise kills. But I feel like at this point we know Esther and we know she's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when she's sneaking up, we, we, we know her MO. We, we clocked her. So I especially think if you've seen the first orphan before, this one is like a walk in the park as far as scares go. Mm hmm. Uh, so if scares are not your thing, don't worry. You'll still be able to handle the first kill from Orphan. But <laughs> without further ado, shall we hop into the uh, plot and synopsis? Yes, please. All right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned. But today we are talking about Orphan First Kill, which is the prequel to the original Orphan, directed by William Brent Bell. With a screenplay by David Cogshell, starring Julia Stiles as Trisha, Rosef Sutherland as Alan, Matthew Finlan as Gunner, and Isabel Furman as Esther slash Lena. After a bloody escape from an Estonian institution, Lena is in need of a new home and identity. She takes on the persona of a missing child named Esther and joins the Albright family in their luxurious home. Things go well for a time, Esther embracing her newfound life. But when an overzealous detective clocks some inconsistencies with Esther, Lena finds herself caught in the middle of a dangerous web of lies. Insert long-lost family reunions, Big Brother beatdowns, and the mother of all long cons here. Our film concludes with the Albright family discovering Lena's secret, and Lena doing whatever it takes to protect her newfound life. Also, Itty, do you want some candy? Roll credits. Now, I know that that wasn't a Tootsie Roll, like what she was giving to her. But mm -hmm. in my head, it was a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> because it was just wrapped in that same way. I know it was probably mm -hmm. just like some plain Estonian candy. I don't know. <laughs> Look, if she whooped that guard's ass to that degree over a Tootsie Roll... The comedic gold is just perfect. Hey. Like, you can't get better I than mean, that. Let me see that Tootsie Roll. You know what I mean? That's what, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you need one. It's probably been a minute, too. I don't know. How, where is Esther getting that candy from? Right? Where is she smuggling these things from? She's the candy plug for the whole asylum? <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, yes, she is a 30 year old woman, but she is a. Uh, she, uh, what's the word? She is uh, resourceful. That, yes. that That is a great word to describe Esther. This girl is resourceful. Mm -hmm. She sure is. But all right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and dive into um our, our reintroduction, I guess I should mm -hmm. say, to Esther, a.k.a. Lena, from the last time we saw her, which was 2009? Right? Is that mm -hmm. when the original Orphan came out? I think so. Yeah, we saw her floating in a, in a in a pond last I remember. Yeah, she was face down in a freezing lake the last time I saw her. <laughs> now, 
she is back to being the artiste that we, <laughs> the artiste <laughs> formerly known as Lena. But mm-hmm. all right, Roshane, go ahead and hit me. When this movie started, what did you write in your notebook? All right. Well, the first note that I have here is y'all need better guards. Because uh, for how resourceful I do think Lena is, um, this escape should have never happened. There's just no way. There's no way this should have happened. It was so easy. Okay. <laughs> first, first. Okay. So we meet Anna, who is the mm-hmm. new art therapy instructor who has specifically been brought on because we are told that something happened to Lena's previous instructor that she underestimated her and paid the consequences, essentially. And so right away, they basically tell Anna, oh, yeah, you're about to go work with Hannibal Lecter. Um, Sorry, did we not put that on the job description on Indeed? Our bad. (laughs) We'll update that for the next for the next person. But so, yeah, they get in there and right away, code red, Lena can't be found. Mm -hmm. You're telling me not a single one of these security guards thought Lena, the obsessed artist, might be in the art room (laughs) sketching at a desk (laughs) and then they leave the teacher they just say oh you'll be safe in here and lock her in a room but you don't know where she is so why Mm -hmm. would she be safe in a room if you don't know what room lena is in rooms (laughs) that's when you know oh they hired they hired Mm -hmm. whoever would show up on the on the orientation they 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 said okay sure you can be a guard (laughs) for real dude (laughs) And then, oh my God, what's the guard's name who walks his ass in there? Oh, I forget. Creepy McCreepington, Dimitri. Dimitri. Yeah, Dimitri, what is wrong with you? Ugh, this man is gross. That's probably who she was getting the candy from because he clearly has some sort of fetish. I'm just going to say fetish because I can't see the, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously has some sort of fetish with the fact that Lena looks like a child. Mm hmm. Yuck. Yeah, a hundred percent. You can see it in his face. You can see it by the way he operates. This man got that creep factor on a thousand. Yes. On a whole oh, a thousand. <laughs> a thousand squared percent. Um, so yes, Dimitri is has somehow, and that's what I mean. How did Dimitri get this job? Like, <laughs> how did Dimitri get this job? And I get it. Creepy people can be anywhere. But this just seems like such a particular place. You would need to have such specific requirements to work there and work with people who could potentially be very harmful. And and by their account, Lena is enemy number one. Yeah. Like she is that bitch. She's been that bitch at the asylum. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm thinking, well, they should have guards that are stationed kind of like at her door. At Already, times. right? All the time. No, they have Dimitri, who is just can watch her on camera. And so because of him being a sick, sick, perverted man, he allows Lena to escape. Yeah. 
And it's just like the way it happens, like it makes sense for the character, sure, I guess. But in the grand schemes of the occupation and working at this place, it's like, one, if you're going to be about this creep factor, okay, but like be inconspicuous about it, keep it on the DL, don't walk directly into her room and then have her pull up a chair and press your ass against the wall like there are cameras you know that there are cameras yeah. you've looked through these cameras so in you know for a daylight and <laughs> you know somebody's watching this and you're just like <laughs> i'm gonna let this happen like yeah when she beat your head against Weirdo. that wall i was like bro you deserve that shit i'm sorry you you honestly, truly did honestly because dimitri yeah you do you you needed to be taken out for sure. <laughs> you were um, probably going to be like a serious menace to society. So it's for the best thing that you got taken out. But as a result, you got all these other people killed. So yeah, this is our first time kind of being reintroduced to Esther in a different light because mm -hmm. this is her beginnings. Yeah. And so what did you, how do you feel about kind of getting reacquainted with this character, but in a new circumstance um i despite how silly i think her being able to escape is i do think that this was a great way to start things off especially for this movie specifically um i know a lot of people had um some concerns or criticisms towards the whole plot point of how did she get to america in the first place and so one of the perks of this being a prequel is we do get to see that and we do get to answer that question. And although there are there's some plot devices moving things along, it still fills in that gap for a lot of us, which mm -hmm. I, I'm thankful for. Um, but also, I think it's nice to get to see Esther unhinged from the beginning because if you've watched The First Orphan, which I think we're just going to assume that you have at this point, um, <laughs> You know that a lot of that movie is the mystery of who Esther is and like what she's capable of. When it comes to this film, we've already seen that. So we know what she's capable of. And we also are meeting her in a time where she doesn't have to have the con up right this moment. So we get to see full Lena, mm -hmm. which, you know, we don't we haven't had a lot of time with Lena. We spent a lot of time with Esther, but just Lena by herself we haven't seen a lot of, and I'm glad that we got to get some of that during this movie because you can see, again, how resourceful she is, how um, how great at planning she is. She's very smart. She's very intelligent. She knows what she's doing. Like, there is a rhyme and a reason to everything that she does, and I think setting up her full character from the beginning like this in a way that we couldn't do in the original was fun. I really, mm -hmm. really like that. Um, and I think moving forward, like when we get to it later on, I think this was a great time to establish that because later on we have so many different things going on that it's easier, I think, to just transition the murderous, uh, uh, dangerous version of Lena slash Esther into the story as opposed to having to just follow like, oh, I'm trying to keep up the act lena esther mm -hmm. um because again that was what the original movie was and i think a lot of people were worried with this sequel prequel that we were going to get a lot of the same you know retreading of beats yada 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 right. and 
kudos to this movie for not doing that. I do think that it veers off into doing its own thing. Mm -hmm. And thank God for that, because I was really worried about that myself. Yeah, no, I was too. I mean, we watched the trailer um, on stream, and that was one of my things that I vote was pretty vocal about was the whole premise that you've set up with Esther that is a huge benefit to her character and the psychology behind her, but then can also really box you into a corner is that you've established that she really plays on this, this aspect of herself that she has, which is this childlike quality that she has as a result of the condition she has. That is so important to her character and so important to then how she moves forward in the world because you've set up that she kind of has to infiltrate herself into families posing as a child and so you've kind of said okay well then that means most of these movies are going to be about that her falling into a family probably gaining some sort of romantic bond with the father unbeknownst mm -hmm. to him and then you kind of have to, I guess, just figure out how to navigate the rest of the family. But that was my biggest worry is you've already established that that is Esther's MO. So how do you make that different? And I yeah. agree. I was really, really, I was very, very pleasantly surprised with what they were able to do in this film to still make it feel fresh. But it still felt like Orphan. It still felt like that movie mm -hmm. and, that, and that world that they had set up for us. I think my favorite thing that they did with, with her in this movie is... You're right. She is very methodical. She's very good at manipulation and kind of pre-planning. But what I think we really see with her in this one, as opposed to later on when she's maybe done this before, is that in this one, you see that she really thrives at the pre-planning aspect, at kind of taking her time, biding her time, and then figuring out the things that she notices and using those in the future. And I see, I think we see that a lot with this escape. She knows that this guy is like really into her. She knows that if she does the thing with the candy, that it will cause this other patient to attack. And I think she also has taken her time and really know, realize that Anna is pretty easily spooked by mm -hmm. by things that are going on so she uses that all to her advantage but what is cool about what the her in this one is i think we also really get to see her out of her element when she doesn't have that prior knowledge because yeah. we do kind of see her fumble a lot in this mm -hmm. movie and make some really sloppy mistakes that she doesn't make in the first one because she's done this before she's yeah. had the time to get used to it whereas in this one we see a lot of her kind of like trying to think on the fly and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and mm -hmm. so i think we really get to see a side of her like a flustered side to esther that is nice because i i almost prefer seeing that than the perfect pristine i'm i'm always ahead kind of a killer because i think in this one you really get to be like oh shit she's really like and i mean they even say in the movie she's like a, a she fights to survive and that seems to be the way that she's always been mm -hmm. and i feel like you really see that in this one that she is like clawing at anything she can and try and hoping that it'll stick and like sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't yeah very true and i like that because i do think that 
despite seeing all of the of the killing and the and the aggression and the violence from her in, in the first bit, I think the mistakes do humanize Lena a bit mm-hmm. and it makes her journey more interesting to watch because you're right, like in the in the original it was just a lot of her doing things right, but the characters around her picking up um, little things and figuring it out. Whereas this one is her doing majority of things right, but because she's going off very little knowledge of the person that she's um, impersonating, uh, she's she's bound to make mistakes. Like she mm-hmm. can't be perfect. Because um, at least in the in the original. We didn't really know who Esther was before. Like we got a little bit of background, but we as the audience and the people around uh, who are adopting her don't know who she is. This family that she's going into know exactly who Esther is. And the people who revolve around Esther all know who Esther is. So naturally over time, she's going to slip into some inconsistencies that other characters are going to pick up on. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy that they do. Because I think that's what makes this story interesting and different is that the characters around are picking up on the bullshit far sooner than they did in the original Orphan, I think. Right. Yeah, especially because, yeah, it's like, like you said, they know or they think they know, like, oh, this is Esther. This is our Esther. Whereas in the first one, they're meeting this girl for the first time and kind of introducing her into the family, the characters I mean, obviously, these characters that we start with, they know that she's a threat. And then when she escapes and she goes to our family, they have these preconceived notions of how she's going to be because they think that that is their daughter. But then at the same time, they know that she's been through this traumatic event. So they're already kind of expecting her to be off. But Mm -hmm. it's just the way that she's off that I think kind of like maybe piques the interest for some of the people around her. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Anna, girl, if I was Anna, the way that I would have peeled out of that parking lot as fast as I could when I saw <laughs> when I saw Lena standing in front of my car, are you kidding? The fact that she gets out of her car. Right. Are you, girl, uh, do you have no self-preservation? I would have hit her. I would have just ran her over. <laughs> been like, I right. didn't see her. <laughs> uh, she's not supposed to be out here. So what? Yeah. What? It it's looks a like she made an escape. Oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Looks like she escaped. There was a blizzard. Like ah. Couldn't see shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't even see her. Like, girl, come on. Now I feel bad for you, Anna, because this you weren't about that life. Obviously, this was not Mm-mm. for you. Um, but. Don't leave your car and don't leave it unlocked. She basically yeah. left the door open and like ran inside. Like she made all of the mistakes, honestly. Every like wrong mistake, bro. Like at first, like at first, I thought that maybe she was gonna play a bigger role, but after two yeah. or three choices, I was like, nah, she's not gonna make yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> she's definitely going daft for sure. No, I, same, same. I almost thought that she. Because I was like, okay, I feel like this lady has something to do with maybe how Esther goes from here to America. I honestly thought maybe Esther was going to, like, force her to take her to America mm-hmm. or something. Um, yeah. Nope, she dies as soon as she gets back to her house. Dude, if I was Esther, I would have taken over that lady's apartment. It was so nice. Yeah, and she there. does for a time, too. Yeah. 
Um, I think, she, but I think she is smart. She knows that at some point, like come the first of the month, it's going to get weird. So this has to be a temporary arrangement, but she was living it up for a quick second. Yeah, that's a dope ass apartment. Another thing that I actually really liked about this that I don't know if we got to see as much of in the, in the OG one is Lena's excitement to just be out of the institution and to have a home and somewhere, um, to start a new life because despite how clearly insane she is and how dangerous she is, I do think that there is some validity and honesty in the fact that she just wants a good life. Mm -hmm. And due to the cards that life has given her, she is now, you know, the person that she is here. But I think when you see her, like when she finally meets up with the Albright family and she gets to their home and just, the excitement in her eyes and that joy of being like, yo, this is going to be my new house or like whatever's going through her mind there, I think is pretty honest. Mm -hmm. And I think like for a moment there, she's genuinely happy to have succeeded in finding a new home for herself and finding a family that's going to take her in and potentially love her as their own daughter. I think that idea does excite her. And I like that we get to, follow and explore that idea a little bit more right well and especially because she's getting to move into like scrooge mcduck's mansion that's right? the biggest house ever <laughs> i too would be like whoa like a huge wide-eyed arriving at that place but no yeah i definitely do think that there's an element of her in this one because this is her first time doing something like this as far as we know I think this is really in comparison to a future experience because she doesn't really know what to expect there. And she doesn't know what the dad looks like. She doesn't know any of that stuff. She picked this little missing girl because she just looked like her. And she's right. like, that'll make the most sense. Um, yeah, I think that there is an element of her that is just like, oh, yeah, this is this is going to work and like this might this will be a means to an end for me at least for a little while yeah. that I will get to live a better life than I was living and take as much advantage of this as I can and then I'm a split like I'll yeah. be on my way kind of a thing which is so different from what we've seen from her before where she came in with a very specific goal of being with the father yeah. and that is not her end game at this point because we even see there's a moment where she is gonna leave yeah and then like, she changes her mind yeah because like i i think going into it initially she's just like all right each thing is a step stone into this future that i want to build for myself and i do think that she is a little surprised and shook by the lavishness of the life that she kind of tricked herself into but yeah mm -hmm. there's a moment where Things are getting a little dicey. People are starting to call out some of her inconsistencies. And we see her just like jack a bunch of jewelry, money. And she's like, mm, you know, might be time to uh, hit the old dusty trail. Yeah. Um, might be that time. But dear old Lena gets a little horny for for, for the dad. Uh, Alan uh, catches her eye. And yeah. probably one of her biggest mistakes most likely in terms of the grand scope of things because she really could have gotten away like she really could have just oh, dipped easy 
peasy. She would have been on the move and no one would have been and the wiser. I mean, I'm sure the dad would have called the police and they would have been looking for her. But still, by the time he realized she was gone, she could have been already on that midnight train to Georgia and nobody <laughs> would have known. Yeah. And she could have been super far away. Um, but no, yeah, she she lets that uh that good, good Alan uh, swag <laughs> rush over her and she's like i gotta stay that troubled um, artist swagger yeah, that everybody yeah. falls for she, she sees him <laughs> in there painting vigorously in the night and she's like damn i love that shit um but uh something i did want to mention because in the first episode that we did on orphan i had mentioned that there was that that was not a wild concept that has happened in real life before um and once again similarly to that there is a real life account of a similar event happening where someone pretended to be a missing child and kind of like infiltrated the family in that way mm -hmm. um so i think he's french uh so it frederick maybe frederick uh bordine mm -hmm. And he was nicknamed the chameleon because he was a serial imposter. So he tried to do this many times, although I think he only was like successful once in the sense that he was able to live with the family for like five or six months that first time. Mm -hmm. um, but then the rest, every time after that, he would claim to be someone I think they kind of like figured out fairly quickly that he was not them. But he always impersonated kids that had gone missing. Um, and so the one that he was the most successful with was a child named Nicholas Barclay, who was 13 when he first went missing in San Antonio, Texas. Mm -hmm. And then in, or yes, in 1997, Bourdain took his identity, they flew him to the United States, and he did a similar thing where he, like his eye color was totally different. He made up a lie about why that was. He had a French accent. He made up a lie that they had like taken him to France and he had caught the accent that way. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he lived with them for five months before people started looking more into it and discovered that that wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, so this has happened before and kind of similarly to, I think kind of how lena feels i mean lena is definitely much more nefarious mm -hmm. um but for for bordin he said he was looking for the love and attention that he never received as a child and so as a result he pretended to be an orphan yeah several times and i think that does apply to lena too um because again the transition from the life that she was living into this life that she has snuck her way into big big jump in leaving quality like that is mm -hmm. a come up of come ups and uh, naturally it's going to have some kind of an effect on her um also another thing to point out really quickly before we keep diving into the plot here is um good job on the movie for the de-aging of isabel Furman because oh, that right. was another mm -hmm. thing i was very worried about um in this sequel coming out far after the original um was belie believing that isabel could still be esther um they did a great job between makeup uh very light cg um de-aging and forced perspective i think they did a phenomenal job in selling mm -hmm. um who she is and like what she's pretending to be like i never there was never any part of the movie where i was like Nah, I don't believe this. I don't like, I don't, 
Right. This doesn't work for me. And I also think with Isabel being older now, she kind of fits the MO better than she did in the original. Um, And it kind of works. Yeah, no, exactly. She's closer now than to Esther as a person than she was in the original movie. Um, Yeah, the forced perspective, I think, works really well. The CGI was super subtle. They barely did it. Luckily, I mean, she looks the same. Obviously, Mm -hmm. she is older, but her face looks the same. It's so, yeah, you know, threw some makeup on her, which honestly really works for her character because she is meant to be an older woman portraying a a younger child. And so I think that that actually just kind of works to, to their benefits because they would have, regardless, Esther would have had a shit ton of makeup on and would have been playing into this childlike innocence. And also because she's older, they're able to do some things that they would not have done in the original when she was actually a child. Cause like that whole thing with the guard, that's something they never would have, done in the original because isabel was far too young to be doing things like that so they can kind of push her esther a little bit more and so she's almost like she's i feel like she's almost able to do some more she's able to lean into that sexuality that you would assume from someone like that Mm -hmm. um like she's able to lean into that much more in this movie than in the first movie Um, because they they just creep on that line in the first movie understandably (laughs) right and although like plot wise it does work for the character nobody wants to see an 11 year old girl be doing that shit so like right so having her be a little bit closer in age to what she would actually be for the plot i think ultimately ended up working out for him and um Isabel does another phenomenal job playing this character and is really fun to watch. Um, along, along with that, though, I do think the cast is uh, very colorful and um, interesting, has a very interesting dynamic between the mom, the son, and even with the police officer. I think like that or sorry, the, the detective. Uh, what's uh-huh. his name? Donovan? Donin? maybe uh donnan donnan yeah. Yeah, yeah uh with detective donnan like he adds in this other element that i think was missing from the original not missing it just wasn't present there which was this like all-seeing eye that is watching her the whole time um because before it's like okay esther when she slips up we start seeing the cracks in the story and the con but when you have a trained professional non-stop being like i don't know if you're who you say you are that mm-hmm. adds that element of uh tension that i think the first uh the first part of this movie needs Uncle Kane, boy, oh i'm sorry to interrupt dinner this is a police officer who helped us when you went missing. He's a friend. I just uh, came to say welcome home, Esther. Thank you. Excuse me for a moment. You should know. Um, our job psychologist feels Esther should tell her story within the confines of her. And not with a cop like me, don't worry. Look, I get it. But. Esther did vanish from our little town, and that remains a concern. I need to know if there's still a danger 
I spoke to Dr. Seeger this morning. Hmm. Is that appropriate? She told me she's open to a group discussion tomorrow morning, just to see if everything's all right. Mommy, your gala is tomorrow. <laughs> we'll do it the following day, then. It's important. I mean, sure, uh, if it's that important, we'll be there. You forgot to fill your glass. Well, um... Welcome home, Esther. You said that already. No, Esther. Oh, it's okay. She's right. I want you up. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, because you get the detective. You also get Dr. Seeger, mm -hmm. who is very kind of a question mark on Esther. And I feel like, especially for the character of Esther, it feels really nice to have some people who hold weight in that if they say something here is wrong and they raise a red flag, that's a big deal. In the first one, we didn't have that same weight because the people that knew were children and mm -hmm. who's really going to listen to them. And then Esther was kind of undermining the mother at every turn. And so right. really we only had like one character, like the nun, but other than that, we didn't have a ton of people that could really put some, some heat on the back of Esther's neck. And on this one, she does. She has a lot of people who hold a lot of clout and who have the means to really dive into her and say, are you the person that we think you are? And I will say, oh, also too, it is kind of funny though, sometimes when they bring in like the body double, because you can definitely tell that's like a child. Yeah, <laughs> when they, when they have like the back shots of an obvious kid that's like body doubling for Esther, those ones are kind of funny, but still it works. Um, yeah. So also too, I think by having her be playing a child that has gone missing for the family, you really get introduced to this feeling of even if, even if they didn't think that this was Esther, I do think it would be really because of that grief and because of that, like that serious want, particularly for the father, because of that overwhelming want to have that child back. I do think you would start to make some excuses, some exceptions. You mm -hmm. write a lot of stuff off. And I think she's what that's what she's really banking on with this family is that they're emotional states will completely just look over any sort of mistake that she could make and yeah. also to use the trauma that she's had in going through whatever she went through she could use that to say oh well that's my bad because you know i'm still dealing with what happened and so i think she's really leading into that but then when you get a doctor a psychologist a child psychologist and a detective they don't have that emotional mm -mm. connection they don't care they're just trying to make sure that everything is on the up and up. And so yeah. I feel like for her, that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, Detective Donnan was not playing that shit. He caught on real quick. He knew. He was like, nah, 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 nah. This is weird. Some, Something, something suspicious with yeah. this whole situation. And so, you know, he goes snooping around. He finds some clues. Not well. Not well. Like, he's... He's a little aggressive with his um, 
with his skepticism. <laughs> like you can tell, like he's yeah. not hiding the fact that he's like, I don't think that's your daughter, y'all. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty obvious about <laughs> about the fact that he's questioning Esther mm-hmm. from the jump. Um, from the absolute moment he sees her, he's like, that is yeah. not the same child. <laughs> not the so granted, he's a good detective, mm-hmm. but um know if i pay for that detective work i just felt like he could have been a little bit more on the sneak mm-hmm. um he was giving me like inspector gadget clumsiness <laughs> and i was hoping he would be a little bit more discreet <laughs> yeah but i mean he catches on he gets like actual evidence that mm-hmm. shows that okay lena is not esther um but before he can reveal this um lena in true Lena Esther fashion, uh, stabs the fuck out of this man. Mm-hmm. Um, which then leads into the big twist of this one, which, similarly to Orphan, this movie does contain a pretty uh, substantial twist. And now I'm curious, Erica, how you felt about it? I liked it. For me, this is when the movie became at its best, when mm-hmm. the twist was revealed. I will say... I had a feeling that the mom knew. I had a feeling that she knew something. Mm-hmm. Like part of, I just didn't know to what capacity. But right. I had a feeling that she either did not ever want their daughter to come back or she knew what had happened to their daughter and was like playing along for some reason. The only reason that I knew that, knew, ah, quote unquote, <laughs> I had an inkling that that was what was gonna happen. The only reason that I felt like that was because of the plane scene Mm. when she put her headphones in. And I thought to myself, I only ever wear headphones on a plane when I don't want to talk to somebody. And I was like, she just got her daughter back. Mm-hmm. Why is she blocking her out? Why is she wearing headphones? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, that's okay, really Detective fucking. Erica. I just thought that's really weird that she just got her daughter back and immediately shuts off. Mm. What? This is a plane ride from fucking Russia to the United States. Do you know how many conversations you could have <laughs> with your daughter? And I just, I was like, the mom's not into it. I could tell right away. I was like, the mom is not, does not give a fuck about this daughter right now. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, like I said, I just didn't know why. I didn't know in what capacity. I do really, really like what it ended up being. I love that they knew. I love that it uh, that it had to do with the sun because I think that it added this extra element to the mom where it's like, oh, so you were willing to sacrifice? Like, because I lost one child, I don't want to lose another. But then at the same time, it's like, but you were willing to sacrifice so much just to protect this one kid and it's so obvious that she's like making excuses for him and then i think you get to see this other side of the sun where because he's never had to answer for any of his of the things he's done his mom has always been there to clean up for him you just see this like horrible arrogant violent angry side to him that Mm -hmm. i think they played really well as just like normal teenage shithead for a while but then i love it when you see like oh no this goes way deeper than that and Mm -hmm. it made it so fun because i think we finally had a chance to see esther matched up equally with someone who was just as crazy 
as yeah. she was. And so then you have this weird feeling in your in your inside yourself, this like internal battle where by no means do you want to necessarily you don't want to see Esther prevail. I mean, you know she's going to because it's the prequel. Mm -hmm. But in but still, you're like Esther is not a good person. However, when you put her up against people who are just as bad as her, now you've got opened up this thing where like it feels like celebrity deathmatch. I just want to yeah, see them yeah. both <laughs> knock the shit out of each other. And I was mm -hmm. like so excited. Also, I just love seeing Julia Stiles be able to like just be such a bitch because I just don't. <laughs> you don't always get to see that from yeah. her and i just loved after that reveal and everything she says to Esther, the way she was reading esther for filth <laughs> oh my Lived god i loved it. it i loved it and it's like it's the confrontation that i feel like you kind of always wanted with her and mm -hmm. uh or at least with with the lena character that we never really got and we finally get this time it's somebody sitting down and being like oh so that's your game all right, well, fuck that. I got a better game. Mm -hmm. Like, God, watching, yeah, watching these two fight after the uh, after the big reveal uh, is a lot of fun. And I agree with you. It's it, it it's a tug of war on on the on the heartstrings on who you're rooting for. Because similarly, I wasn't, I couldn't really root for anybody. Like, yeah, there were times where I was rooting for one side or the other a little bit more, but it was more like watching two people you don't like punch the shit out of each other and just kind of looking from the sidelines and maybe take a video of it. Like you, you're there for the show. You're there to see what happens, but it's hard to really root for either party because they both have very clear flaws. Mm -hmm. I guess really you can only root for the dad. Yeah. I, I felt so bad for the dad. I truly did. He, he feels like the one innocent and, uh, and kind of the detective, but like, mm -hmm. He was truly just in this web of shit that he had no idea he was in the middle of. And I felt bad for him for that. Yeah, because you could tell. I mean, I guess so since now we've gone through the reveal, maybe we can like break down those characters a little bit. Because I feel like the reveal happens like halfway through the movie. And then I feel mm -hmm. like you, it really opens up those characters and like who they are as people. Um, so yeah, the dad, you can just tell right away the dad from when we first meet him is out of the entire family harboring the most still harboring this weight and this guilt and this just like grief from what has happened to their daughter from the from the disappearance of their daughter and you can see that out of everyone in the family he's still the most affected by it and but still trying to be present i think that they do a good job of making him like even though i mean basically right after we meet him esther's back <laughs> but even still when we first meet him i felt like they did a good job of making it very clear that he is trying really really hard to still like hold on to the family that he has, but mm -hmm. it's just hard for him to get past what they've lost. And then from the minute that Esther's back and and you see that it kind of just like rejuvenates him and you can see that he feels really whole again. He's excited again. He's passionate again. And God, you're just so happy for him because he is such a good you can tell that he's a very good man like yeah. he's a good man he's good to his wife he cares about her he listens to her he's good to esther he's good to his shitty ass son and mm -hmm. 
so you really, really want him to be happy. And, but it sucks because now the thing that's bringing him happiness is Lena. <laughs> and we all know that's not good. Yeah. Cause uh, she is one who is prone to catching feelings when it comes to father figures. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like funny enough, at least in this one, I don't think that's her ultimate downfall. Like it is the thing that keeps her there. But at least this time around, there are other factors outside of her horniness, which ruins the con. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, he's just, he's a good dad who lost his daughter and is trying to cope. And I think that is played very well. And it's just a shitty part to play in the grand scheme of this whole thing. Um, but yeah, once we get the reveal, we also get the full scope of the brother character. And Gunner is a little piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Truly through and through. Um, it's funny because I feel like when you before you get the reveal and before you know everything, you kind of, at least for me, I was like kind of forcing myself to like him. Like I didn't hate him, but like he just served the same role as the brother from the original for me, where it's mm. just like he's there and I'm like coping with him right. but once you get the full grand scheme of who he is as a person you're like oh my god fuck this guy oh my god i hated them i hated them the whole time i think yeah. especially because you first meet him and he's just like i said he just seems like a regular teenager he's just kind of busy with his friends and his life and not really around and yeah, then his friends are really shitty also dude, what yeah it's like not him buying his friends from the asshole depot. And you know what's crazy <laughs> is I think that like I think that that's the minute when I really started to not like him is when his friends came and I was mm -hmm. like, okay, you are you are a representation of your friends. I I can just tell. You love that because when he first meets her and he's just kind of like, "Hi," and is like really weird. I didn't think that that was crazy. I was like he was probably quite young when she went missing and has kind of probably kind of decided that she's gone forever. And now it's like, hey, here's your sister that you don't know anything about anymore. Like, say hi. And so I didn't think it was weird that he was awkward. I was like, that actually feels fairly. I feel like that's probably how some people would react to this sort of a weird situation. But yeah, it was when his friends came and they were like making fun of her and the only thing he had to say was like my dad's right there when like not hey guys <laughs> don't do that <laughs> like that's when i was like oh yeah you're you're shitty um mm -hmm. so gunner is definitely i think out of everybody yes the one that you're just ready to get taken out because he like i said he i think especially as time goes on is such a product of an environment that has set him up in an unrealistic way in the sense of no matter what he does within this household, no matter what he does, his mom will always clean up his messes. And he mm -hmm. is thriving off of that. He is obviously yeah. benefiting from the money that they have, the power and the privilege that they have. And the fact that it seems like he's a very popular person, I think he's benefiting off of all of those things. But I think all of those things have come because his mom has set him up for success and ensured that nothing will ever bring him down. And you can see that that shit has really gone to his head. And yeah. also, now, the whole story, according to the mom, 
is that he always played too rough. He played too rough with her one night and killed her on accident is what the mom says. Allegedly. Allegedly, (laughs) it was an accident. And so the mom decided to cover it up and just lose the one child rather than the two. This is all I ever do anymore, by the way. (laughs) Clean up after my kids. Don't worry about it. Mommy will take care of it. Mommy takes care of everything. When Gunnar told me Donnan came to the house, I knew I'd find you here. You could have robbed us blind and disappeared the second you had a chance, but you didn't. Why is that? You're thinking bigger, right? Play the part, manipulate us, and a year from now we meet with some tragic accident. Am I getting warm? Let me go. You'll never see me again. That's exactly what I'm afraid of. We can't have Esther disappear twice now, can we? She didn't disappear. There was nothing that I could do for her. It was too late. Gunner, he was always way too rough with her. That night, he just went too far. What was I supposed to do? Hand over the only child I had left over some sibling bullshit that went too far? I loved my daughter with all my heart. But a mother protects her family no matter what. And if you think that I'm gonna let some psycho dwarf destroy what I have built, you're mistaken. This family came over on the fucking Mayflower and built this country. We matter. Alan matters. When he got the news Esther was alive, the happiness on his face, I had to make this work. Which also is a theory that they use for the John Bonet Ramsey case. That's one of the theories that they have. I wonder if they pulled that from that, like if they pulled that mm. to use in this movie from that, um, because it's a very similar theory uh, or slash story that mm-hmm. some people have come up with. But they say that, right? She says that that's what happened and it was all a misunderstanding and it was all kids being kids. But I don't think that's, you can see that that's clearly not the case because I think we get a glimpse into how it might have really happened later on when he throws Esther down the stairs and so obviously did it on purpose. And then afterwards comes out of his stupor like, oh, oh, mom, it was an accident. Blah, like immediately calls for his mom to come and fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, you literally picked her up <laughs> and tossed <laughs> and her down the stairs. And, and so, was like, oops. And was like, uh-oh. Like, I just feel like we got a glimpse into the fact that he probably did that shit on purpose. Now, granted, he yeah. was younger at the time. Maybe he didn't realize that that shit is permanent and that. But I'm like, I think we kind of got to see the the reality behind the fact that he Honestly, she was kind of setting him up to potentially either be like a domestic abuser or like a fucking serial killer because the way that this man was so ready to kill Esther, like from the jump, uh, that's not normal. Hey, yeah, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Despite all of your history, uh, jumping to murder that quickly is the signs of either a psychopath or a sociopath. You should uh, probably be taking him to the therapy sessions instead of... uh, little esther there but yeah you can know, we get I, dr seeger on the line like <laughs> right 
I I kind of wonder too if like that whole scene with the throwing her down the stairs was them alluding to what actually happened. Yeah. Like I wonder if that's just supposed to be kind of like a reenactment of what happened to the original Esther, which if so, pretty cool and I think subtle enough that it like weaves into the story without taking away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nah, Gunnery shit, he is also very much cemented in the ancient list. Yeah. And I will say like, I didn't rewatch the entire movie after watching it the first time, but like going back and kind of like skipping through with the new knowledge of the twist, you can see it being played in the beginning. And I mm-hmm. do enjoy that. Um, it's kind of fun to see these characters operate in the first half once you know what they know. And it makes a lot of the like awkwardness and some of the situations make way, way more sense. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, There's a yeah. lot of like little bits, particularly with the mom, where we mm-hmm. realize that she was like trying to kind of give esther the fake esther like you can tell that she was kind of trying to like give her hints and like be on her side in a way and make sure that they like pulled this shit off until she figured out what was going on mm-hmm. yeah she was already scheming from the moment they were on the oh, plane yeah. she was big scheming she said this is your dad remember yeah, remember yeah, him? your dad and your That's brother what he looks like. <laughs> do you remember look at that like, girl go right <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's such a fun dynamic to have the two of them at odds because you have a character, again, who is as smart, if not maybe smarter than Lena, um, operating against her. And it's just a really cool dynamic to watch. I, I definitely think, like, there's something so nice about seeing lena thrown off her game and i feel like it's it's never been in such a full form as it is with having this other person who is seemingly so many steps ahead like trisha just always feels like she is predicting what lena is going to do at least Mm -hmm. for a while like for i think up until the dad leaves to go to the art gallery thing i feel like a lot of those times like trisha really has the upper hand she has the high ground i guess in Mm -hmm. the sense that this is her house these are her rules now she knows lena's secret and grant and really it's two against one at this point and so i think you really kind of see the I don't want to say the toll, but I think you can really start to see that like kind of bearing down on Lena because then she starts to get into this like, I got to get it's like she's trapped again. It's like the asylum again because you really start to see that she's like, I got to get out of here. Like she she starts to get back into that like escape mode where Mm -hmm. this is not going to work out anymore. And the only thing that is maybe making it palatable for her is Alan. But then we get to that final section where she knows, like, they're going to kill her if Alan leaves. (laughs) And I Mm -hmm. feel like that's the first time that you really kind of get to see her desperation in that sense of like, oh, they're really going to kill me. Like, Mm -hmm. I 
need to go. <laughs> yeah. And granted, that was of her own doing because, you know, just a couple scenes previously, she was like, you know what? Fuck this. And tries to take both of them out at the same time. Right. And uh, that was when things went sour because they for how trapped she was, they did have a little system going for a while. And it's interesting to watch because Trisha is as smart as Lena um, watching them fight is one thing, but then when you watch them work together, it's like, yo, they actually make a really damn good team because they can sell this like nobody else can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that moment when she sees an opportunity and then Lena slips back into Lena isms and goes for that kill. And when they both, when both Gunner and Trisha see that, they're like, okay, now we're done with this. This is, yeah, that's okay. a wrap. Goodbye. And I- it was the rat smoothie for sure. Oh, yeah. You know what? I forgot about the rat smoothie. The rat smoothie definitely started down that path. But um, also that scene was really it, it was fun, like because of where it's placed in the story. Both characters know. So, you know, she no part of her wants to drink that smoothie. He's like, mm-hmm. hell no, I ain't drinking the smoothie. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't know what you did to it, but I know you did something to this damn smoothie. The way you mm-hmm. smiling in my face making breakfast. Get your ass out of here. Get out of here. I was like, oh, not the whole rat. The way <laughs> that garbage disposal just slurped that rat, that rat down, though. What is brand that was how, that? Is that how they work? <laughs> what brand was that? Because it, it absolutely annihilated that whole rat. Mm-hmm. And it didn't even make a sound or nothing. None got away with it fully. Um, <laughs> but I will say what is nice and like getting you to remember why she doesn't just try make another escape again is I think the introduction when, you know, she finishes off the detective, uh, Trisha, it really establishes that this is a character who is who can be as equally violent and aggressive mm-hmm. as Lena. So I think that adds to her desperation when we get into this last half here, because she's like, I've seen what you can do. Um, so I know that you are at least somewhat similar to me and like, you will do what you need to do um, should the time come. And when the time came and she gets cornered, it's like that, that fuck that she says, I think that that's very earnest because she's like, damn, this mm-hmm. is it <laughs> like i've, I've met yeah. my match um yeah because trisha truly gives no fucks also so that's something i think i think the detective knew i think the detective was starting to suspect like, the mom right yeah like get mm-hmm. on to her which i think is another so interestingly enough lena i mean had things gone differently lena killing the detective probably helped the mob like the mob was probably gonna end up having to kill the detective at some point at some point so it's so weird because yeah they they do in some way work together and you're right i like weirdly enjoy them working together they make this great team it's Mm -hmm. bizarre but yes i was wondering if you were thinking that too because i was like okay i think the detective definitely thinks if not the mom i feel like he was starting to suspect the family had more of a role than they had put on previously yeah i think that's what his like dying line was meant to imply is that like he was sniffing out some bullshit with this family Mm -hmm. and which could also explain why he's showing up so frequently and not being as secretive about it because he kind of wants them to know like no 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 i'm gonna be here a lot because there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that need to be 
need to be checked. There's a lot of things that aren't lining up correctly. So I'm going to be working overtime on your case, guys, right. just in case you're wondering. Right. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think at some point she was going to have to deal with that. So things just kind of lined up in that regard. Um, but going into like the last confrontation, of course, you know, once the once Alan leaves, we all know that the throwdown is about to begin. And I will say for me, unfortunately, because of some character choices, I wasn't huge on the ending. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when I say character choices, it's mostly just the one of sending Gunner on his own to handle Lena. I thought that that was so, so silly. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was just it was kind of similar to the beginning part where everything made sense. It's not like the the way the progression of events wasn't valid or anything like that. It just, there were moments when it felt too easy. Like when they had her cornered and ready to offer, I felt like she got out of that situation a little too easily for me. Like a little bit of spit saved her life. And I, I have a hard time believing that, <laughs> but it, it, it genuinely is uh, that moment after like she gets thrown down the stairs. Nobody keeps an eye on her while she's down there. And then, although she's on the phone, you then proceed to go send this son who are, you are doing all of this to protect. You're doing every part of this plan is just to preserve this relationship between you and your son. And you send him alone to go handle the murderous 30-year-old girl? Come on now. <laughs> to be the devil's advocate for that point. Mm -hmm. I do think that they were maybe trying to play on this idea that seemed very prevalent in this one. It's also prevalent in the first one, but I feel like they were really trying to like hammer it into us in this one, which is the underestimation of Esther and how that ends up being everyone's downfall. Because mm -hmm. I feel like in this final scene, I really think that Trisha and Gunner just think, oh, we've got this shit in the bag. Like, she mm -hmm. is gonna go. We got it. Like, we've, we've taken her. She's she's weak. She's scared. And I feel like it leans into that idea that they have forgotten that she is just as masterful and just as prepared to potentially kill to preserve herself as they are. And so I feel like they had both gotten to this point where they just kind of forgot of what she's capable of. And so they were just like, okay, well, let's hurry up and take care of this. And I feel like that's what ultimately kind of becomes their downfall is that they forgot this element that she is still an adult and still mm -hmm. is evenly matched for that still has that killer instinct and also still has this this superpower of pretending to be a child because even at the end that's what saves her is she falters back into her innocent naive i'm just a little kid act and that's what ends up getting trisha killed and mm -hmm. so i just i wonder if that was maybe what they were trying to play into again was just that these characters have once again thought oh it's just us we've got this in the bag mm -hmm. and then remember and then at the last minute been like oh fuck no she's just as smart as we are see i could believe that for gunner but i have a hard time believing that for trisha because she was there when lena went after the detective so like she's seen firsthand what she's capable of 
Um, so for me, it just it's it's just it's hard to believe that she would send her son into that danger, especially with the information that she has now. I could totally see Gunner being like, "Oh no, I got this. Like I'll handle this myself. Like easy peasy." Mm-hmm. But for me, it's because she sent him mm-hmm. as opposed to just going, going as a unit like they went yeah. originally. Yeah, but I think too, even with the detective, I think Trisha still thought because like the only way that. She didn't even really kill the detective. Trisha did. But I feel like I wonder if she just thought, oh, well, the only reason that Esther got the jump on the detective was because she took him by surprise. And I mm-hmm. think maybe she was just like, oh, well, we we're not we already we're planning on Esther. We're already going to kill her. I also think, mm-hmm. though, too, for Trisha, I will say, uh, which, you know, this is one of those things in movies that I are not necessarily my favorite. The like phone call that steals the attention. I do think too for Trisha, I do think they would have gone as a unit. However, I do feel like that wrench being thrown of her husband being Coming on back. the way. I think that really fucked up her soul. Like I think she, yeah. I think that really threw her off because it put a time limit on what was gonna be able to happen over the entire night. Now mm-hmm. has to happen within an hour and so yeah. i wonder if maybe that was just one of those things where it totally rocked her and so mm-hmm. she was like yeah whatever just go like find her but no it was it was and i was also like bro you your fencing sword i mean those are your, just, your, your broken fencing sword right mind you right i thought no surely get the gun maybe he doesn't know how to use a gun i don't know i don't know i just I was like okay dude you know it's the weapon of choice it makes sense for for him but for him yeah and I but mean, the moment he picked that up i knew yeah. he was dead though <laughs> obviously it would have worked because uh lena fucked him up with it so obviously mm-hmm. if he had gotten her it would have worked but then at the same time i was like so you're gonna stay you were gonna stab the shit out of her i guess they would have maybe just disposed of her body but i was like if you guys are trying to play this off as like an accident. An accident, nah. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone with the fencing sword. I personally wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, like, it is what it is. Like, I have my gripes with that whole scenario. But, I mean, she does brutalize him. Um yes. And then the scrap that Lena and Trisha have towards the end is fun. I'll... I'll say the choreography in places felt a little dramatic. There were some dramatic drops of that knife, in my opinion. Um, but I think for the most part, the scuffle felt scuffle felt real and like desperate enough for the situation. Um, the the fire. I think for me, the fire was was more of an egregious problem than sending uh sending gunner on his own just because girl you just walk away from the fire not yes you just lost your son you lost everything i get it i get it i get it. nothing else matters anymore but you clearly see this kitchen burning down and decide nah i'll handle this later it is what it is the fire was oh it was too much it was now they had to end with a fire. I don't think it needed to be on fire for the battle. I think Esther could have just set the house on fire on the way yeah. out. I don't. It was now it was dramatic. It was a dramatic showpiece. It upped the stakes to an impossibly high level because <laughs> the way that the fire spread and the way that this fire 
was burning, honey, by the time that she goes back through the house, there's it actually makes no in, sense. In no fucking way is she just walking through the house putting Absolutely on a new not. ribbon yeah. this girl would have asphyxiated you know how much <laughs> smoke this house would be giving off this bitch is wood like i th there's no there's no way she's just running through the house dancing through the halls like oh it's hot Ooh, like no yeah. girl this like, shit is I get on it. fire i get it i get what they're going for there i i 100 get it yeah artistically it's cool but just logically it's too much especially with even the the rooftop scene too with the extent that that house is on fire both of the asses are dropping through that roof that roof is gone that house is gone it it yeah. should have been gone at least 30 minutes ago from the way that it's been burning like this inferno are you kidding me and it takes so like uh, uh, the the way that this roof the flames are licking off of the roof like yeah it would have started to collapse and that's why even with them because them like falling off the roof and hanging on you didn't need a fire to do that they mm -hmm. could have that could have easily happened without a fire and it would have been exactly the same and i just i almost feel like it would have almost been more powerful if the fire wasn't an accident yeah. and it was very very deliberate because that's what i always assumed in the first one was that it was a deliberate fire made by cover her up the tracks yeah. cover up the tracks and i just feel like for her it would have been really cool for her to like dust off that dress pop the collar go back downstairs grab her ribbon get herself all gussied up like set a fire walk out and then maybe just like sit on the steps yeah, wait for the something. fire wait for the fire truck to come maybe that's cheesy i don't care i love cheese mm -hmm. i'm just like i just think by the time it was the speed at which the fire spread to me that just was way quick so quick that i just don't understand how the dad was able to get up there yeah. how they were able to just be sitting up there having conversations well and apparently like, the fire's allergic to staircases because every staircase was fine like they don't burn apparently yeah uh, no they were coated in a special flame retardant that i guess <laughs> they had pre-planned <laughs> but yeah it's like for me uh granted i'll give them this that fire compared to the fire from the original the fire effects have been boosted. Mm -hmm. They got a little bit more funding there. Um, I could clock a little bit of the CGI, but for the most part, you know, it was still good fire. Uh, so kudos for that. But yeah, I think ultimately it it just gave this extra element to that last thing that I think muddied things because I agree with you. I just like I don't think we needed it for the level of stakes that we were already at. Like we were there. We had enough stakes to warrant everything that was going to happen, the fire could have just been a nice cap on it. And mm -hmm. so that whole last scene, again, of her walking through in this, like, kind of empowerment sequence of, like, Esther is finally born, like, here she is, like, here's the character, it's a little subdued by the fact that you're thinking, how is she <laughs> not dead walking yeah. through the, these yeah. flames? The whole time I'm sitting there, like, bitch get out of the house run <laughs> get some help like and yeah she's just walking through and and i think that too the only thing that's unfortunate about it and i'm sure there are many people who like won't feel this way and didn't care but i do think it kind of took away from 
our final moments with the parents because the whole time I'm thinking timing wise, I'm focused on that um, and like logistics more than I'm focused on this confrontation. I will say I do really, really like how Trisha just fell. Like I love that he tried to save both of them mm -hmm. and just could not get to her in time and she fell. Cause like, yeah, yeah that would happen. She would lose her grip eventually. So mm -hmm. I kind of like how quickly and how sudden her death was and i even like the whole thing with with alan and and esther where it's like she does have this moment of like oh it's gonna work out now we can both be together and it's like really her first we get to see that rejection and the way that she that really throws her for a loop because i think for one thing we do see with esther is that she does have a hard time differentiating familial love from romantic love and that just because these fathers are caring and loving towards you because they think they're that you're their daughter does not mean that they love are in love with you and i feel like we do see that a lot with her and i feel like this is like that moment where that first blow of that really really hits her and so i did like i, I liked that i thought that that was that was cool but like i said it's just i'm I'm at the same time, I'm watching these flames dancing behind <laughs> them the whole time thinking, I know their fucking skin is burning. Like make moves, my guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I will say like that confrontation with Alan does, I think inform the original too. Yeah in a way or it's like okay now we understand why she freaks out when the next father figure isn't into her because it's like okay she's been down this path before uh it, it that all tracks and i do like the connections between this because it is again a prequel so like it does need to inform the original uh it's just yeah i think the fire it, it worked against what i think overall was still a fun conclusion to things i agree i like that although the choice was presented between the two that he didn't really make a choice between mm -hmm. the two things just kind of happened the way that they did i think that was honestly the best way because i i would have questioned it a bit if he picked one over the oh, other yeah it, it just would it, it wouldn't have tracked for me for his character. Like I think he genuinely loves them both equally and mm -hmm. would want to save them both equally. Yeah, and I'm glad we got a different type of dad from the first one because we even have that moment, like I said, where Esther is like, "Oh, mommy tried to kill me." Blah 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 blah. Mommy has is not even he doesn't give a fuck. He's just trying no. to save them, and I like yeah. that. That's different from the first one where had something where he does believe esther and kind mm -hmm. of really discredits his wife in this one both trisha and esther are kind of telling the truth they're both telling the truth but mm -hmm. just he doesn't care about that because they're both dangling from a giant house and like that's yeah. not important <laughs> true true but yeah i mean like Outside of my gripes with the with the fire sequence, again, artistically, I can get what they were going for, and the imagery of it is cool. It just it don't make no damn sense. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but I think, like, leaving the movie, I felt that I felt satisfied, for sure. And, like, I felt like I went into this really worried that it could be very bad very easily, but they were creative enough and they made enough different choices that 
once the movie's done and the credits are rolling, I'm like, okay, I didn't know that I wanted a sequel to Orphan, but now that I got one, I'm kind of happy with it. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. No, same. I did not know why it was necessary i think mainly because i was just really worried what do you do with this story where Mm -hmm. where do you what do you do with the story that has been so successful because of this great twist but by going in the past that twist is now totally negated and so i was really really worried about what they would do and i have to give them props i really think the story that they told fits into the orphan universe feels like an orphan movie but takes a turn that I feel like was the best thing they could have done if they mm-hmm. wanted to differentiate themselves enough from the story that they had already told. And yeah, I I really I really enjoyed it, especially that second half. I just thought that because and I'm I'm glad they didn't wait so long to reveal the twist because obviously yeah. the first one it doesn't happen until the end. And this one they've allotted themselves time. So mm-hmm. we get the twist halfway through and then get like a whole other story just based off of that, which is great. Also, I just, just want to give a shout out to the kid who plays Gunner. That gasp after she slapped him in the face, that shit tickled me. <laughs> it took me. The it way that he gasped. Oh me. my God, bitch. I cackled. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, that is a, the most privileged gasp I have ever I've heard. Ever <laughs> heard. Ever heard in my life of lives. I am convinced if you slap any person of privilege who's like, test me, bitch. Yeah. That is the that is the oh exact gasp. God. That will leave their mouth. Perfection. I want an Oscar just for the gasp. Just <laughs> for the gasp. If we got that category, oh my God. Yeah, because that 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 was that that did get to me. I was like, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> I mean, he's great at that ass. Like, he's great at that role anyway. He plays that like smarminess very, very well. But something about that gasp. There was there was nuance, there was subtext. Mm. Oh my god, give me 10 chills. out of 10. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> uh, but all right, I think that kind of wraps up Orphan First mm-hmm. Kill. The last thing on the agenda is to rate this bad boy. Yes. So, what's going to be our metric for this week, Erica? What are we should feeling? We, should we do it out of privileged gasps? We should absolutely do it out of privileged gasps. <laughs> most definitely it just writes itself but it didn't even plan that it just works out perfectly (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh first you want me to go first i can go first that's fine all right talk to me i you know what i'm gonna give orphan first kill i'm gonna give it four privileged gasps out of five noise uh yeah uh, you know i think what i loved so much about this one is that i really felt like i could enjoy this story in a in a different way because i already knew her esther's mo and i already knew that the i or i didn't know i shouldn't say but i assumed that the family would would be different and as soon as it started and they were i like kind of almost felt like a little bit of relief because one thing about the first one that's hard for me on rewatches is i get so frustrated by the family dynamic and the way that everything is handled I didn't have that issue in this one. So I felt like I really could just like sit back and enjoy just seeing Mm. Esther's shenanigans. I think that the way that they played her and her evolution was very, very, very well done because I definitely can see how she gets so good. And 
but I like that she doesn't start that way. I am, um, like I said, the the first half of this movie is still great. I think it's it's it works and I like the setup for it. But for me, this movie really shines in the second half. I think all of the actors did a great job. Julia is killing me. I love it. I just love their, all of their interactions were so much fun. I have to give it to them for still pulling off a successful twist and doing something different with that. I agree with you. I think that the ending is, although I really enjoy the ending Mm -hmm. and I really kind of like this knockout brawl that ends up happening because it's really building up with these three characters. And I love that it by the time we get to that, it's just like, oh, they're about to, th- the girls are fighting. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was like excited for that by the time it came. But the, the way that they heightened it was too much. It was over mm-hmm. the top for me. And so that was kind of a bummer. Um, but everything else I like, I love that these movies, I love like the winter aspect of these movies. There's a certain like, there's like, I don't know, there's a certain like crisp vibe that these movies give off that I feel like is like perfect for winter. And for some reason, as soon as I see that, it always puts me into the orphan universe. Loved that for this movie. But there's also like a warm fuzziness to this movie in the way that it was shot, which made it feel newer or different enough for me that um that I really enjoyed. I liked the cinematography as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think four privileged gasps out of five. Very nice. Uh, I think myself, I will give this one 3.8 out of 5 privileged gasps. to be fair and honest, I've already said it, but uh, I did not want, expect, nor ask for an orphan prequel or sequel and was go- went into this one kind of worried, <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, but yeah, super pleasantly surprised in how much I enjoyed it, uh, echoing a lot of the same stuff. I'm glad that they found a way to tell this story differently than they did the first time while still expanding on the story, the character, and the orphan universe as a whole. Um, I think overall with the characters kind of being in on the whole situation, um, added a different layer that we didn't get to see in the original, which was very, very fun to watch. Um, although I did have my gripes with the ending, I do think it's still honestly a bit of a better, more polished ending than the original one had. Um, so I will give it credit there. Um, and you know, a couple characters make some choices that I think are kind of questionable and some of Lena's escapades are, I think, covered a little bit by plot armor. For the most part, the ride in itself is really fun. The movie is a very easy watch. I think, um, enough of one that I was willing to even watch bits and pieces of it again for the podcast. Like it's, it's just fun. And I think that it's one of those, if you watch the original, enjoyed the original i have a hard time thinking that you won't at least find a couple things that you enjoy with this one and yeah even if this i i think this may not be for everybody i think the people who will enjoy first kill will have a really good time with it so all that being said 3.8 out of 5 privileged gasps for this one 
Well, that is it for Orphan First Kill. What did you homies think of this if you have seen it already? And I would love to know if you feel like this was a worthy sequel to the original Orphan. If you guys would like to talk about that, you can always reach us on our social medias. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to get a little bit more in depth, you can come into our Discord. Discord is where we hang out with the homies and have some other discussions about all things horror and a couple other things so if you would like to come through there talk to us talk to the other people um the link for that is in our social media bio you can also email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us requests recommendations and business inquiries and today is monday if you're listening to this on the day of its release and that means that we are streaming on twitch tonight that's right we're back took last week off but now we're back and ready to be scared once again (laughs) so if you'd like to come through hang out say what's up have some drinks have some laughs we would love to see you there and last but not least if you are so inclined we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review you can do both on apple Podcasts. the more ratings and reviews we get the better it recommends our show to more listeners and we just like to hear what you guys are thinking so if you have an apple account and haven't done that yet we would very much love for you to do so or if you're listening over on spotify you can rate us by going to our page hitting the stars under our name and leaving us a rating there but thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today we look forward to talking about another spooky movie with you guys next week catch you next time homies bye